0: It is Monday, February 20th. I'm Scott and,
1: and I'm AJ Hoffman. Team Giannis
0: finally wins an all star
1: game. And Tiger comes up just short. Here comes the Vegas troop. This is straight out of Vegas. Give me a
0: we are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. NBA All-Star Weekend comes and
1: goes and oof.
0: XFL opening weekend comes and goes and Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> What is the Vegas lead, Scott? A whole lot of. uh. Uh, We'll start with the NBA All Star weekend. There
1: was some good and bad about the NBA. I shouldn't have. Mac McClung's got hops. You know, McKenzie said something when I walked in this morning and I was like, man, that was like one of the best dunk performances I've seen in a long time. And he's like, well, it almost wasn't fair. (laughs) Uh, I'll let you
2: explain it, Mac. Yeah, uh, Mac McClung is a professional dunker. He was, it's like and one versus the NBA, it's not even close. He's a way better dunker. He does it for a living. He has like moves that he could hit 9 out of 10 times. Trey Murphy's like, maybe if I do this, you know, it's completely arbitrary compared to a a man that, like like a ballet dancer, you know. Let's see on the more floor. of that ballet dancing. Wait, like, it, I'm for it.
0: The reason why I enjoyed it is and
1: and I because like I can I can guess. Why? Because he didn't take 15 tries at every dunk. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what I I, yes. I mean, i close. When, back in the day, and this I guess this was before you know, guys got their feelings hurt. Like you he had to school barefoot. You had three tries, and if you didn't get it, the judges held up a zero point yeah. zero. And sorry, three, you got a tries zero. A time. There's three. Yeah, tries no, time. I think
0: it should just be one try and then you're done. But it was a minute but three tries. Yeah, no, I think it should just be one try and you're done. But do you but, get a
1: zero now or do you get points for your effort? <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> I give know. some. The, the scoring is
0: just a joke anyway. But what people used to talk about a couple of years back when uh, it, it was the N one tour was already over, but there were professional dunkers out there, guys that would would start to get popularity on YouTube and other things like that. That did these dunking tours, right? Some of these were featured as part of uh, halftime shows. Right. You you see them, There was like dunk teams. Sure. Whatever their names were. And it was like please, please welcome the all-star yep. jammers. And they'd come out during halftime. The and, jammers versus and, the slammers. And, and like sometimes they'd have like a trampoline and they do some fun things, but other times they were just legit like former ball players that were incredible dunkers. And people started saying, well, here's how you save the dunk contest. you got to have the NBA guys going up against these professional <laughs> dunkers. Well, now we have one of these professional dunkers that happened to be a G League player that is now showing everybody what's possible. People
2: said before, some, I forget who said this, but, but lamenting how bad the NBA dunk contest has been up to, a pretty good one this year. People are saying, well, we've reached the limit on how good a dunk can be. I've already seen everything. No, you haven't. You've seen everything. NBA players can do in their spare time to learn how to try to you know, do something impressive. Pe- I remember when people thought of 720 as like some mythical thing that could never happen. Then the 720 guy came, and he just does 720s everywhere across America. Yeah. It's crazy. It's Vince Carter doing it a whole nother time around. It's amazing. No one can do that in the NBA. Not even close. They should have the best dunkers in the world in the big, biggest basketball weekend in the world. Why not? It's not that cool to see Trey Murphy do a, do a windmill.
0: See, I I agree with this. I think the dunk contest, if you're not going to get the the best players in the NBA to do it, the star players. Remember, they changed it and for a while. They called it the right like the Rising Stars Dunk Contest, and
1: it was like only
0: first and second year players are allowed <laughs> yeah, to do it. You know, thanks Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> you know why yeah. they
1: did that, right? Because nobody who's been in the league more than two exactly. years wanted to be involved with it anymore. The best like, part of
0: All Star Saturday used to be every time. The dunk contest was going on, and whoever was the courtside reporter would go up to LeBron, who was sitting courtside, and be like, hey, LeBron, how about we get you in the dunk contest next year? And he'd be like, ah, maybe, maybe, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year's the year. <laughs> and that was like a thing. It, I'm a hawk. It literally went on for like six straight years of asking LeBron <laughs> if he's going to be in the dunk contest. And I used to go on the radio, and I'd say, LeBron does a dunk contest for you every single night. If you go to a, a, a heat game or a Cavs game at the time, right, and you watch him do Jump over layup now. lines, he gives you a dunk contest yeah. before the game. So you don't need him in, in the dunk contest because there's too much for him to lose. He, he would never do a dunk contest. And so I think they should open it up and just make it a celebration of basketball. They don't have to be in the NBA they could just be dunkers.
2: I think there's one guy in the NBA that could be at this level as far as you know, hops and uh, you know, ability in the air, and that's John Moran, And he said, uh, they asked him, how many likes would it, would, it need, would it take for you to be in the dunk contest? He said a billion likes. <laughs> well, he's got my like. You know, there's there's se- seven wanted- billion of us. Let's, let's try to get him out there. What's your guess
1: on why he wouldn't want to do it? Because what, what are you saying? Because nobody there's, wants to lose?
2: Yeah, there's, there's so much more to lose as the best dunker in the NBA when uh, you know, winning, I mean, I don't know. You well, could and- win too.
1: And you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe, like, the idea that they're, we're asking him to go out there and compete against a guy like Matt McClung who
2: – Yeah, John Morant, like, off the street, loses to Matt McClung. Matt McClung has more dunks, like, more cooler dunks, amazing dunks. What if we sure.
1: make
0: a celebrity dunk contest? We get, like, DK Metcalf.
2: They
1: had some dunks <laughs> in the uh, celebrity game I saw.
2: Yes, and football players – don't know how to play basketball. I was at my cousin Kyle's wedding actually, and we before before the game we played a little bit of hoops. And they, I was the best basketball player. I'm not that good at basketball, but they were amazing athletes. They could do backflips and stuff and dunk all those former football players. Uh, it's not an NBA thing. NBA's or NBA players are amazing athletes. They're much better at basketball than they are at being amazing athletes. Like if you took Olymp- the best Olympic dunkers, probably better than the best NBA dunkers. They can jump
0: higher. Well, I mean, Metcalf looked good. He was he was the MVP, right? D. K.
2: of the celebrity, co- uh, it was the MVP of the I'm celebrity Friday.
0: game. You know, so he dunked the ball, and I'm just saying, I'd like to see him in a dunk
1: contest. Boys got hops. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> listen, pay, pay the man his money. But that, that's the other thing. You think D. K. Metcalf wants to go out and lose to a six-two white guy in a dunk contest? No, nah. I don't think anybody wants that. Like, uh, not that there was any shame in it, because the guy's a freak. He got more time on the way up to do cool shit like Spud Webb. Maybe that's what it is. I, I don't know, but either way,
0: like, his last dunk was something that I, I've never seen before. I knew Mac, <laughs> but, like really
1: cool. I knew going into this that Mac McClung could dunk. I didn't know, like I didn't know he was going to put on a show like that. Like you don't see, he, you never saw that in his college no. games. But like th- he was, he's, he was always a freakish jumper, but. I mean, I'm guessing if he did that in a college game, Chris Beard would have yanked his ass off the floor and be like, "No, we're not doing that." But, but it when was When
0: Mac McClung come out with his own line of like sneakers and and his own line of like uh, vert, like the the those those shoes that used to help make your vertical higher, like yeah, the extra, yeah, with the extra toes on them. You know what I'm talking about? That's a good
1: idea. The, the vertical trainers. like with the springs on the back. Yes, yes. yes, yes. yes.
2: Polymetrics was all the rage growing up. It, it never it could worked be for me. The face anybody, of poly... it, it does. It my never friend worked. Danny, my friend Mac McClung, taking <laughs>
0: hot man. My friend, Mac McClung. So what did you think of the actual all-star game? Uh, Team Giannis gets the win, 184-175 over Team LeBron. They didn't play any defense. I thought they would at some times, especially like in the past where we've seen these games with the target score get really interesting towards the end. This one was not interesting at all. Jason Tatum just kept chucking up threes. He made them all. So he, right, yeah. he had 55 points. He had 27 in the third quarter, which is a record. I think the 55 is a record also. Yep. So he wins the Kobe Bryant Award as the All-Star Game MVP. But it was a snooze fest for me.
2: I'll say this. I'm glad that Anthony Davis got stripped of the record at 52. Because when he had it in Brooklyn, it was as dumb as this dunk contest. The dunk, the All-Star Game was, was worse even back then. It was just 26 dunks. Just 26 dunks. No one guarded them. It's like, how is that a record? Yeah. So at least Jason Tatum hit
0: some shots. It's some yeah, you know, um, um, yeah, you know in that, yeah yeah at in least that, at least it, it was a, it was you know in, worthy in that of the third record quarter when he had 27 points I honestly think he hit like seven three pointers he hit 10 for the game but like in the third quarter every possession he just shot a three and it went in and then Donovan Mitchell was making threes and and they all went in. that third quarter was like it it, it was unstoppable it, it, and. I wish they would play more defense. I wish LeBron played in the second half. You know, That's the problem. He the was, o- the only betting was opportunity
2: wrestling. was Giannis. We talked about him maybe, maybe not playing. He does the Chris Paul plays one minute, fouls, takes himself out. Whoever got wind of that 15, 20 minutes before probably made a fortune.
1: Yeah, yeah. on his under
0: props. props. You could have been Giannis props. under yeah. 15 wait, wait. And a half, 16 So and a half. there were player props for the All-Star game?
1: Yes, what a joke <laughs> i mean it is and it, it, it's a, like
2: lebron went under cuz of injury he was killing it
1: almost like it, it feels like almost every year there's three or four guys who do all like the the lion's share of the scoring mm-hmm. and everybody else is just kind of along for the ride and so if you can just avoid those you know those minds uh don't step on one of the guys who's going to score 40 or 50 of the points and You're people, probably pretty good. I right. lost a little Doncic bit. Doncic
2: took this game off Kevin yeah. Durant scored 40. some some games he scores 5 it's it's really picking like that.
1: I lost a
0: little bit of money on this game cuz uh, at half I was I looked at the the spread and it was team LeBron like plus 4 or whatever and I said, "You know what? I know they're down, what are they down, 7?" You didn't know team LeBron didn't wasn't going to have team LeBron in well, the second half. <laughs> <this>, what I <laughs> thought was what I thought was is that this thing is kind of I'm not scripted, but they want it to be close at the sure. end. So I figured no matter what the score was, the other team was going to come back. And so my whole plan at the half was like, I'm just going to bet the team that's losing and they're going to make it a close game at the end. So that way that target score comes into play and it's like tight defense and everyone's excited and so everyone can forget. About the you know the first three sure. and a half quarters of the game when no one played any defense because then they could just say man that all star game was awesome did you see those guys play defense because that's what it, that's what it's been the past couple of years yeah. when it was close you know LeBron hitting the shot in Cleveland like when it was close at the end with this target score and they were playing D people forgot about the rest of the game and they were just so excited about the target score works it got them to play defense these guys care about raising money the all star game the charities all this stuff. Nah, they got their butts kicked. Yeah. Well, it listen
1: it's too
2: it, far gone the game. I mean, it did get closer. That does happen. It is a real phenomenon where if you're betting live, the team that's down outscored 34 to 26, one by eight, but it was too far gone. They still won by nine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not my kind of party. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's of all the All Star game. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, the pro, NFL now does flag football, so like. I don't know. Next year, flag basketball. Wait for that. Uh, it might, <laughs> might as well be. Might as well be. So uh, we didn't talk about the three point contest. I was wrong. One of the great players did win. I said, "Oh, you can." So there, was
2: a, there was a key handicapping factor we missed. They have the four point shot now, which is like a thirty footer. Dame Lillard sh- shoots five of those a game. Shoots probably a hundred of those in practice. So he made like three out of four four points each. It was that was that was the
1: clincher. This is now a contest that if Steph Curry wants to play in every year, he'll win every year and indeed i don't think anyone's ever won a 4 yeah cuz that that long shot is like that, that's tailor made for him that's what mm-hmm. he, that's all he does uh some like he's one of those dudes who if anybody else takes that shot you're like what are you doing with him it's just like well it's probably going in of course dame Dame's hits
0: the, and of course dame hits the 3 to clinch the all-star game finish yeah
1: so good yeah. weekend for dame in uh in utah where he went to college I, I and i was telling mckenzie when he when he broke out the weber state jersey I was <laughs> like, okay
2: you look at his numbers at 32, he's having the best season of his career. The team's just not that good. So I wonder, if, as low as he is, I wonder if he has uh, one great, you know, venture off to Phoenix or someplace it, like that. There's been
1: big talks. It feels like every time Dame's time comes up, it's like, hey, we got to do something to make this team compete. And they always say, okay, we'll do it. And then he takes a bunch of money and then they never get better. They haven't gotten better. No, Jeremy Grant's
2: been okay. That's yeah.
1: And I mean, C.J. McCollum left, and they're like, "Well, how are we going to replace him?" And then the exact
2: same player, in Anthony Simons, but three years younger. Yeah, and
1: it's still not working. So uh, it's a it's a frustrating thing, I'm sure. Like Dave Malone, I'm sure wants to win, and he he may be, he he may go down as one of those guys who, in the conversation for best player, who never wins anything uh, because it doesn't look like he's on a trajectory, and he's been better all time than Carl Malone.
2: Said it back.
1: Wow. Okay. That. Not even that <laughs> revelatory, really. But yeah. But he, he's he's said publicly he's against the super teams. He doesn't like guys going and he joining. He's painted himself these. into
2: a corner in that fashion. He right.
1: really has, because now it's like even when you're old, like you're gonna go do the Charles Barkley route and you know right. try and go link up in which was a disaster in yeah. Houston, but they tried it anyway. Uh, it's really the only thing that rivals Brooklyn in, in terms of everyone thought they
2: were going to win and they won absolutely nothing. One, not even a round, I think in Houston.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, how how did the the uh gary payton carl malone lakers they do. made the finals and
2: people always say if carl malone wasn't hurt they would have won the finals i mean they lost in five I okay so. well, that's
1: better than i would have thought then yeah that rockets experiment was hmm. oof, not good scotty pippen oof, oof. as we said earlier in the show so uh all-star weekend has come and gone when do games kick up again thursday and i love one play i can't wait till they
2: put the line out um, you know, I got it circled, red dotted. And the more I look into it, the more I think the market's going to miss on this
1: one. All right. Well, we'll talk about that on Thursday morning Then, looking forward to that. One. Bit weekend in college hoops. And one of the games that we talked about on, I guess, on uh, Friday morning was the Kansas Baylor matchup. Kansas took care of business in the second half, 187-71. That was a big game. And Tennessee Woof, against Kentucky, not good. Uh, Not a system play, but it might as well have been. Yeah, might as well have been. Let's talk, though, about yesterday's games. Purdue, we we talked about Ohio State being a corpse. It looked that way. Purdue 82, Ohio State 55. NC State with a big win, 77-69 over North Carolina. North Carolina. They stink. They do, man. They really need something good to happen, and they haven't had it in a while. And Houston actually played a close game because the other team was within single digits of them at the end of it. 72-64, Houston beats Memphis in what was probably one of the toughest remaining games on their schedule. Uh, They they failed to cover, Houston did, but they covered the first half, which is typically what they do, and Mm. they just kind of coast. So 72-64, Houston. Tonight, only one game in the top 25, friends. And what we've got here on our hands, some would call a system play. TCU minus two, the number 22 ranked Horn Frogs. Now listen, new rankings come out today. What do you anticipate? You think they'll go up? Uh, TCU. They're coming off of a win against Oklahoma State, but before but a loss that, they lost at four, at four was, straight games. So here's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't expect TCU to be ranked. But doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter for the the system. Uh, Kansas is ranked fifth right now. They won both their games this week, including blowing out the Baylor Bears. I mean, they're at minimum going to be a standstill. So, barring any unforeseen uh, craziness, this will be a system play. Where does Ken Palm have this game line? Ken Palm had Kansas minus one. So, do you think this line flips or do you think it stays with TCU as the favorite? Typically, once it crosses over, unless there's an injury announced, it's going to stay on that side. Well, here's
2: the thing Bookmaker opened up Kansas minus one. It's moved three points already. And actually, Bookmaker is the only place that's at uh, TCU minus two and a half already. Yeah,
1: it's not going to go. It's not going to flip back to Kansas, I I don't think. It's at TCU. TCU's tough at home. um, But. This is and TCU's getting healthier. Boy, this is the definition of a system
0: playbook. I know, like this it is really is.
1: But man, it's, it's just a, hard because a single
0: digit team that that you know everyone's gonna you know be like how how could we not take Kansas, especially looking at TCU losing four straight before the win uh, in their last game. And
2: is being three points off of Ken Palm though too much to too too far of a bridge to overcome. Well, this
1: is the this is what people are not accounting for, or this is what they're accounting for when they're making TCU the favorite. TCU's best player when they went in that when they lost those four games in a row, mm-hmm. that was he a five game six game stretch essentially because in the Mississippi State game, so they've lost five of their last six mm-hmm. in those six games. They got four minutes from their best player. Mm. He was out for the. the, He played four minutes in the Mississippi State game, and then he was out for the next five games. They go one and four in those games. What position? Uh, He, I guess he's sort of a. You call him. He's a guard. Wing. Yeah, but he's he's. I guess he's a shooting guard. He he used to be a point guard. He's not the main ball handler anymore. So he. I guess he's a two. But he's their main scorer, without question, their main scorer, Mike Miles, and he came back and his first game back. Oh, they win they win yeah. convincingly so and he it's not like he played great he had a 91 o rating he, he was he scored 15 points he was fine he, he turned the ball over a handful of times but he's only going to get better uh so and TCU typically has been strong at home you know before this uh and they only well, only one of the games they lost in that four game losing streak were at home and that was to Baylor but before that it was it was almost all all wins at home. Uh, I think they'd only lost one home game before that, and that was Iowa State. So uh, this is a team that plays very well in their house. Kansas gets a lot of whistles at home that they don't get on the road. So it's probably a system or pass for me on this one. You don't like it? You don't
2: don't want to tell everybody it's the super-duper... I'm not telling anybody it's the super-duper Drop it, drop it.
1: Because... Brink's truck. This is Miles' second game back. Like And... I don't know. Kansas is. If, if the line was plus one, would would you be, would you would you make a, a maximal play on it? I don't think I'd have a. I don't. I don't think I'd be really strong on this play either way. I've wanted. I've I've been kind of against both these teams. Um, TCU. I knew. I knew I was against them without miles. Like that was yeah. the reason why I was against them. Kansas. I've been kind of bearish on overall, and they keep winning. Uh, I thought ba- like Baylor. I didn't bet Baylor this weekend. I really wanted to bet Baylor. It got up to six, and I was like, two possessions with freaking Baylor? And at halftime, it looked like Baylor was going to blow them out. Kansas wins 87-71. Like, this Kansas team just doesn't go away. Uh, they've won some tough road games as well. I, I, I'm just – I'm they, they won at West Virginia, which is a house of horrors for most teams. I'm just not looking to jump in front of Kansas right now. But it, if I was the kind of person who did want to jump in front of Kansas – this would probably be a good spot to do
0: XFL opening weekend in the books. Congratulations to the uh, Renegades, the Arlington Renegades, who beat the Vipers, our Vegas team. The Vipers had them on the ropes. 22-20. The Houston Roughnecks. You want to crown them, then crown their ass. Your squad, the Houston Let Roughnecks. them off the hook. A 33-12 route of the... Uh, where are the Guardians
1: from? Orlando, Orlando Guardians. Guardians. I got my uh, the under that I gave out yeah. over the weekend. We were looking like we were in good shape. Houston looked like they were going to punt the ball away and just say, you know what, we're good with this comfortable win. Mm-hmm. Orlando muffs the punt inside Ooh. the 10 yard line. So Houston, so, did, so that's the most lopsided score of the weekend. Does it look
0: like Houston's the best team right now after week one? Or does it look like Orlando's the worst I, team? I think Orlando might be the worst.
1: Okay. Team. Gotcha. From what I've seen so far. I haven't watched the Sea Dragons defenders game yet. Okay. I've got to catch up on that one. So but the defenders beat the Sea Dragons twenty-two-18. Josh
0: by, Gordon with a touchdown in that game, though. By the way, DC defenders, better name, better logo. Than Washington better commanders than Washington
1: Commanders. I'm not going to argue. Yeah, that's, that's I
0: mean DC defenders so much better. Yeah, I agree. So, and the helmet logo is just it's, it's so strong. much
1: better. Yeah, it's strong, so much
0: better than the Commanders. Uh, but the most interesting result of the XFL opening weekend came from the St. Louis Battlehawks come from behind win. Shout out AJ McCarron, Catherine Webb. What up uh, against the San Antonio Brahmas? The Brahma pole. And what was really interesting about this game was San Antonio is up 15-3 to late in the fourth quarter. A couple minutes left. It's a blowout. It's over. It's over, Johnny. St. Louis scores a touchdown. They get
1: the three-point conversion. Which was a rare thing this week. Like, even converting the two-point conversion was tough for teams this week. So, they get the three-point conversion,
0: which is from the 10-yard line. So, Congratulations. After they get the three-point conversion, they go for the new—it's not an onside kick, but it's a fourth and 15 play that if you convert it, you keep the ball. That is that is the rule instead of an onside kick. Yeah. So, touchdown. Successful three-point conversion. They convert the fourth and 15 and then they score again.
1: And this is all in the span of about four minutes and 20 seconds or something like that. They
0: win the game 18-15, and this is why some people are really into these new rules because you're never out of a game because you can get nine points on a single possession. You can easily, not easily, but you can get the ball back instead of going for an onside kick, just convert a fourth and long, and then you're, you're never out of a game.
2: I say this about tennis: the better t- tennis player at any point in the game, no matter what the score, should win the match because you can win that game, and then you should win that set, and then you should win those sets in a row until you're, you're done. If you're if you have a advantage, you should never be broken. Exactly. And if you if you if your offense is the better team, you should just score forty points in the fourth quarter to come back if you want to keep it close.
0: Here's what I, here's what what I don't understand, and I don't know because I didn't watch a lot of the XFL. I watched like five minutes of it this weekend. Full disclosure: peeling the curtain back, as Fez would say. Um. Why don't teams do this every single time? Go for the fourth and fifteen. Go for the fourth and fifteen every time.
1: I, why? I th- why would I ever kick the ball off? I th- see that it makes a lot of sense if you're talking about NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, the, I don't from, care. It's field you position. can say that's that. What's field
0: position? You're kicking off. The, the, these guys return kicks. In. You, the new kick. You see the kickoff rule? Yeah, the kickoff rule. It's like where,
2: one, two first
1: downs.
0: Yeah, it literally. That that that's it. One first down. You're in the, the territory where you would have given them the ball anyway.
1: What I've seen is the likelihood of most of these quarterbacks converting fourth and 15s is extremely low. Like I, I, I would bet we've see-
2: seen Catherine Webb? Anyone <laughs> yes. would have
1: confidence. I would say we probably get three of these the entire season. Oh no, we're getting, <laughs> we got, we got one that. out of four games. Okay.
2: How many right. were attempted? Do we know? I have no idea. I mean, if it's one for one, that gives, that gives me some hope.
1: I just think mostly like, if you're the coach, you look over and you're like, okay, here's what we're going to do on 4th and 15. You look over and you see Jack Cohn, and you're like, no, nah, let's just kick it off. Let's, let's, <laughs> just, let's just kick that ball off. Yeah, no, I,
0: I literally would not. I, I would never kick the ball off. I would go for the 4th and 15 every time.
1: All it all it's going to take is one Patrick Mahomes type guy, and t- a team's going to do that every time. Or like maybe, I mean, hell, P.J. Walker, when he was in the XFL, was like on a different level than the other players there. So maybe somebody steps up and becomes that. What would but, the hit rate need to be like? 30%
2: it's probably worth it. I think if you hit it 30%, percent, I mean, you you it's worth it. You have to keep the ball in the red zone. But like I just please. can't
1: I – can't, I don't know how many teams can do this at even 20%. So that's the, that's the handoff.
0: I also think that, you know, with these new rules, it's going to lead to a lot of, like, late game decisions on what you're supposed to do. So if you score, like, late in the game, do you go for the one, the two, or the three – because you have to know, like, how much do I want to be up by? How much do I want to be down by? Like, there's a lot of math that's going to have to go on here with these XFL
1: rules. I hate math. <laughs> Big coaching change in the NFL over the weekend while we were out, and I know it happened on Saturday. We haven't had a chance to discuss it. Eric enemy leaves the Chiefs, heads to the Commanders.
0: Moron! <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me. I had, to, I had to sneeze.
1: No, I agree with you. Sorry. It's It's...
2: I'm not sure if he's a Mora. I think it's a it's a terrible landing spot for sure.
0: I I, I, I don't. Maybe mean, it
2: was the only one. I the don't. Best mean, one.
0: I don't mean to disrespect Eric Bieniemy, who I think is an, an absolutely tremendous coach. But if the whole thing here is just to get out of Andy Reid's shadow and prove that you can do it without him, I guess. But if the goal is to be successful and to win Super Bowls and to have a, you I, can you can you your your light has never been brighter. And if you go to Washington and you fail, you are never going to be a
1: head coach, ever. That's ever. I, it's a it's a weird move or a weird situation that Eric enemy has been put in because I don't know if that's true. You, either Long life in this world. Either you couldn't do it without Andy Reid, or you 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 keep doing it under Andy Reid, and everybody every year when when the hiring cycle ends, go yeah. We just want to see a guy who can call plays. You know, we want to see a guy who isn't working for the best offensive mind in the game. Okay, eventually you got to go out on your own. the The chance that you're going to listen, the chance that Eric Bieniemy is going to fail, is higher than if it than what it would have been had he stayed under Andy Reid. Sure. But that's the risk you got to take at some point. Where could Eric Bieniemy have gone and been an offensive coordinator where you would have said, you know what? I bet he has even more success now. Now that not. now that he doesn't have this genius working above him calling all the plays, now that he doesn't have the best quarterback in the whole wide world to to run his plays, like whatever wherever he went, it was going to be a worse situation than he was in. But he had to get out of that situation to get the job, uh, the next level job. Apparently,
2: I mean, there was new ownership on the horizon in Washington, but Michael Wilbon spoke to this better than I could. A guy that lives there, an African American that lives there, it's been a bad place to be around, dysfunctional, not right not ethical for a long time yeah. to, to end up there after being in you know the premier organization of the last decade uh it sucks for him but maybe he's taking on that exactly because of that no one expects anyone in washington to do well ever so if he does well there you know maybe and he and, can and, surprise and maybe people and
0: maybe <laughs> uh, i hate to speculate on things like this but
1: that's the job just do it speculate away
0: if there is a coach going into the season on the, on the hot seat, if there, if you want to make a list okay. of coaches going on the season on the hot, hot seat, Ron Rivera is one of them.
1: It's not the
2: coldest
0: seat. It's not the coldest seat. And so if Ron Rivera gets the ax, Eric Bieniemy becomes the interim head coach. And I bet you that's part of this, this negotiation, that I'm not taking this job unless, if there is a change, I'm your interim guy, not your special teams coach, not your defensive coordinator like I Am the interim head coach, so yeah, I'll take this job. I will be your offensive coordinator, but I am also next in line.
2: I'd be surprised if that wasn't part of the calculus in his
1: mind. I'm curious if you guys are of the belief that Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach already, like, is, or is, of is, is, I is
0: this think he should be? And I think that there's there's got to be reasons why he isn't. And we've heard the rumors out there. He's a terrible interviewer. Uh, you know, not doesn't. Um, doesn't come off a, with as like a, 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 a general, a leader of a, a franchise, that people don't want to give him the keys to the kingdom because he doesn't portray that in, in the meeting rooms. Or it's blatant racism. Whatever there's there's whatever it is, there is a reason. Otherwise, this guy who has been one of the smartest offensive coordinators, one of the most successful offensive coordinators in football for the last five years, would be a head coach. But the question 29-year-old morons
1: get hired as coaches. But the question remains, is Eric Bienemy, is this Eric Bienimi's brilliant offense, no, or is the this- last
2: two the reason that argument falls flat is because the last two offensive coordinators for the Chiefs under Andy Reid both became head coaches. Matt Nagy and then what was the other Doug? Doug Peterson before him. So mm-hmm. like it seems like a naturally like why would the best best offensive mind in the league not have a potential uh, NFL head coach as one of his as his right hand man?
1: Now here's what I would say to that: Doug Peterson, remember, got hired by Philly, where he worked, and the people in Philly knew him. So every yeah. the people in Philly said, it goes "Hey, goes back to what he's saying. We see something in Doug Peterson that works. Like I know he didn't have the keys when Andy Reid was here, but we see something with him that can work." And it worked for a little while, and they're mm-hmm. like, "All right, that's enough of you, Doug." Nagy was a, a an abject failure. So you think, like, you think,
0: na- you think I Nagy's fail- you think Nagy's failures? I think it's cer- it certainly,
1: I, I, think, I do, yeah, I do. I think, and maybe that's not fair, but I don't know, man. It, like when when somebody keeps coming from a system, and it's like, oh, that's
0: this guy. didn't I don't work. know. Mike Kafka left. He was the quarterbacks coach, and now he's the offensive coordinator for the Giants, and he did a hell of a job this season. So and 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 he had Brian Dable's respect enough that Dable said Kafka calls the place. I'm yeah. not calling the place. So I mean, it's a pretty
2: small group of people that decide who's the NFL head coach. If he had one round of interviews where people said, "Oh, I did. I didn't like him. He rubbed me the wrong way. I got mad at him. We had a fight." It would have.
1: There's only 32 of those jobs, right? And then yeah. I mean, there's
2: not that many people decision makers a year. What is there five this year? So uh, it, it makes sense that one guy might get. You know. All Not right, liked set, by set a group line, of people. Right,
0: set the line right now. Not saying it's right. Set the line right now. But it makes sense. Odds that Eric Bieniemy is at some point this season head coach of the Washington Commanders.
2: I'll say I'll t- I would take plus 110. I would take plus 110. I think that's a good bet. Plus
1: God, I'd love to know who the quarterback of the Washington Commanders Sam is. Sam Howell?
2: No, it's probably two, two to one, actually.
0: Sam Howell. Sam Howell's the quarterback.
1: Okay, then I'm, I'll say I think McKenzie's first numbers right. Plus one ten, plus one twenty.
0: They, they lose. They they go one in five yeah, the I first six that. games, and yeah. Ron Rivera's out. Yeah.
2: I mean, Sam Howell. Did you like? Were you optimistic on him? He no. was like the number one pick, like
1: two nine three years out. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time before the draft. Yeah. No, I I was never optimistic. Like, I I have the same optimism on Sam Howell that I do now on Will Levis. Like, I I think that they're guys who like Mitch Trubisky a guy who can like man he can throw the shit out of the football. It, we talked about it, it's like Mac McClung. <laughs> like Will Levis is Mac McClung. He should join the like punch <laughs> what it, is it? It's like pun passing kick. Yeah, <laughs> Mac Mac McClung is a like a slam dunk champion. There's there's guys who are long drive guys who yeah. can never play on the tour. Like that Although I always wondered why not. If you're, if you're driving it 400 game, yards man. every You've time. You've got to putt. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You gotta, yeah. You yeah. You've oh, got to putt. Like, you can't just hit it 400 yards and then go up and five putt. Yeah. Does, like You're never going to make it on tour that way.
0: But that's usually how I play golf, by yeah. the <laughs> way. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, four way, four that's four the way, four way four golf out, is. Not 450, but I outdrive all my friends, and then I am always like, I'm putting for birdie every time, and I'm three or four putting <laughs> yeah. every time. If you
1: you're anything like me, you're like the guy who's taking a gimme from like six club links away. Let's just pick that up, move yeah, on. We'll call it a double. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. That's a two-putt. That that'll be a two-putt even no, knowing it would be a four-putt, 100%. Uh, and that's why we don't four-putt anymore.
0: Um yeah, I think that I think that he's going to be Eric Bieniemy at some point will be the interim head coach
1: of the Washington Commanders. I do think that it is notable that, you know, this is the second year in a row where there have been African-American head coaches hired and over Eric Bieniemy. You know, um Mike McDaniel was suddenly like he was suddenly the hot coordinator over Eric Bieniemy who'd had a, a lot more track record of success.
2: Yeah, I think there's a cap on like I mean maybe if they won 8 Super Bowls in a row like he's obviously pedigreed but he, there's only so much you, there's all the Miko rounds I would say is more pedigreed, you know, as a, a Pro Bowl all-pro player that did so well in his first two years as a defensive coordinator,
1: uh, it seemed like a better hire for sure i mean it is funny we talk and that goes to say like what what scott was saying earlier about how he presents in, in the locker room how they think he'll lead men that's what i think is the biggest strength of D'Amico ryan's mm-hmm. and that's that's why when you look at his resume and jonathan gannon's resume domico and jonathan gannon they're very similar on paper but i love the D'Amico ryan's hire yeah. and i hate the jonathan gannon hire and it's like well, why do I feel that way? And it's because I feel like D'Amico That's Ryans when can D'Amico get in front Ryan's of the room. D'Amico Ryan walks
0: into a room; he commands attention. Yeah, and respect. Yeah, when Jonathan Gannon walks in a room, someone says, "Sir, do you know where you're going?" Yeah,
2: I just think on paper too, he was the 26th best defense last year. I mean, he's one for two and having a good defense. Yeah, so that impressive.
1: Although, listen, uh, but that it, there's another example of that uh, in in Tennessee. Right. There was. I mean, we're talking one year as a defensive coordinator with the Texans, Vrabel. The 32nd ranked defense. But well, they should have been. And he gets a head coaching worse. job. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's been like, by all like, Mike Vrabel's. Like, he, most people would say he's like a top 10 head coach in football. Like people think people he's a highly respected guy as a head coach. As much as I agree with that, and as much
2: as I like him, like it wouldn't shock me if he just had a three and 13 season last year, and it was like the last we heard of Mike Vrabel. Like it's so it hard, sure. like to, to maintain to, success. It's also hard to like assess. Like there's a hundred people going into this season trying to do well for the NFL team, and it's like, oh. Four, four
1: and 12, he, he sucks. You know, it's <laughs> not always the case. Well, I mean, just think about how excited Carolina was when they got Matt Rule. Like, that, right. that, I mean, right. that was... Big time hire. They were hanging balloons. It was <laughs> like, we got the guy that everybody wanted. And then a couple of years later, it's like, no, get out, beat it. Joe Brady, you first beat it, and now you beat it, Matt Rule. Like, so you were, we were talking about this in pre-production.
2: What do you make of Gannon's uh, hires down there? In, yeah, let's let's
1: there. address that because Arizona –
0: You remember a couple minutes ago when I said 29-year-old morons are getting hired? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Gannon
1: hired a DC, a D.C. and an O.C. over the weekend. The D.C. was the linebacker's coach from Philly, and the O.C. is basically like his buddy from college. Yeah. Uh, it's Drew Petzing, who's like – The quarterback's coaching Cleveland, which you can look at two ways. He got a lot more out of Jacoby Brissett than anyone could have thought this year. right? Or he got the least success out of Deshaun Watson than anyone's ever seen. I don't know that either of those is like making the decision for you, but I said when they hired Jonathan Gannon, he better have a home run hire Mm -hmm. as his OC. And when I said that, I was thinking he was going to hire someone who was older, experienced. I was thinking like, man, you hire a guy who's been a head coach before, like Rex Ryan. Well, uh, like an offensive version of Rex okay. Ryan, like someone who like you trust to call the plays and like you can you can worry you can worry about learning how to be a head coach while someone else takes care of the offense to- like Gary Kubiak. Yeah, I mean that'd be like a dream yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that'd be a, that'd be fantastic. Um or, or hell, Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe he could call, "Hey Cliff, you you want to come work here in Arizona as the Is OC?" This phone back on? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's someone who's had who's been in the in the shoes and you can look to and say, "Hey, what do I do here? What's what's the move?" And like I think the guys who are scared to do that are insecure. Like they want I'm I'm the head honcho. I'm the guy. That's it. I think the the big balls coaches, these young coaches hire a guy just Like uh, Sean McVay hiring Wade Phillips, like I think that's a that's the kind of move that that shows you're secure in yourself. You're not worried about someone taking your job. You just know, hey, like I'm not I'm not a guru on that side of the football. Let me bring in a guru who can t- handle that side of the ball while I get my stuff going over here. Bringing in your your college buddy doesn't
2: seem like the move. A well, guy there is was silver a- lining here. Drew Petzing is his name. Uh, he actually is on the same Call of Duty team. As Kyler Murray, so
1: oh! There's, there's that. I already had 14 confirmed kills in one session. <laughs> I mean, Kyler threw his it's like it, his it is his
2: college roommate. It is his like buddy though. They're the same age. They were like growing up. Like, like got the first like position coach together. So I understand the urge to be like, man, if I ever get an opportunity, it's you and me, man, ride or die. But uh, it seemed. I mean, there's no structure in Arizona. If there's one organization where I don't know who uh, who's the adult in the room. I mean, I don't know. It's kids playing, well, it's playing around in the mud.
1: It's the quarterback's the adult. In the oh, room. of course. yeah, The veteran. <laughs> no, th- I mean, but that's the move. So if Petsing is your boy and you say, hey, eventually it's going to be us, you get the head coaching job and you say, hey, come be my quarterback's coach. We're, we're, right. We're going to have Gar- Gary Kubiak. I know it's not going to yeah. be Gary Kubiak. We're going to have a Gary Kubiak type be the the O.C. Jason Garrett. Yeah. You sure. you can work under him for a couple years, and then eventually, like, the hush-hush the deal is, hey, Coobs, after a couple years, you retire again, and my boy comes up and takes a job. But until then, I want you to just teach this guy everything you yeah. can. Yeah. That's the way you do it. And that's what Sean McVay – that's exactly what Sean McVay did. Brandon Staley was his guy. And he said, hey, Brandon, come work under Wade Phillips for a little while. Let's get better together. And then when it's your time, you'll be the guy.
2: Over under for the Cardinals next year. It was eight and a half last year, it was eight and a half the year before that. It's Kyler Murray is probably likely to play. he has been working out.
1: Six and a half? It's gotta be six and a half.
2: They were the worst. They were one of the worst teams, like a four, like a four team win expected team. I would say, yeah, five and a half, six. six
1: I want nothing to do with the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are half. gonna be a disaster. Yeah, I'm going under. I think they're a disaster. Under six and a half. Cardinals. And everybody will say it's all about the health of Kyler Murray. And I bullshit. I, I'm telling you, there was not a coach in the world better equipped to get success out of Kyler Murray than, than He's Kingsbury. really had
2: success with DeAndre Hopkins, and he's never had success other than that.
1: Yeah. And so. now you've taken away the guy who, like, built a playbook mm-hmm. around him. And now, you know. Now it's Gannon's college roommate who's we'll see how it works out. Yeah. I, I don't like it for Arizona though. I'm 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 definitely out on the Cardinals this year. One other nugget
0: in the NFL is Daniel Jones is hiring a new agent. So does that mean that he terrible news for the Giants. Not happy with any deal that maybe is on the table that his current agent is negotiating. And what was the
1: offer? You were in the room. There, yeah, well, <laughs> listen, I advised speakerphone.
0: I advised my client at the time <laughs> and I said, listen, DJ. I call him DJ. Okay. I said DJ. You don't call him dimes? I said said, DJ. Listen,
1: (laughs) it's the best it's going to get, bro. You got to strike now while the iron's hot. And you know what he said to you? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm bringing in this new guy. He said. Don't believe in me, Scott.
0: he, He said, wait a minute you don't think that I can have a better season next year and and earn more money? And you were like, no. And I said, no. This was (laughs) was your
1: ceiling. It ain't getting better. Steal (laughs) from them now.
0: So uh, he (laughs) has had the same agent since he got into the league, drafted out of Duke, obviously. And he is going to look for a long-term deal. The thing is, though, is that the Giants really have all the power here because if they don't come to an agreement on the deal, they're going to franchise him. And... The, the deadline is March 7th, so they got some time here, but if there's no deal done, they're going to franchise tag him. He'll make $32 million this year. That's fine, but then the Giants could easily say goodbye to him after this season. So Jones wants to get a long-term deal. I don't know there is one for, for him. I really don't. I think the best move for the Giants is probably to franchise him this year, see if he can but earn then, it
1: for another year. But then what do you do with Saquon Barkley now? Me personally,
0: I'd let him walk because okay. I think I think running backs are a dime a dozen. But I tend to agree with that. I think I think Barkley is also in a position with his injury history that he can't command the type of money that, you know, Derrick Henry gets or Christian McCaffrey. He can't command that at all. I,
1: I'm telling Or draft a running back. Or just or let him go and just draft a running back, yeah. I'm telling you, if if the Giants think they can get B. John Robinson pick 25 they should do it I'm normally big set against drafting running backs in the first round I don't believe in it I this guy's a freak show to me I I, I would draft running I would draft a running back in the first round if I were drafting Bijan yep, Robinson. You reset the clock I, well yeah. yeah yeah I mean it, and if and there's he's added value because it's like for
2: like you need like a star running back in this offense yeah want to repeat what you're and and here. like
1: what are the odds that Bijan Robinson significantly worse mm-hmm. than Saquon Barkley? Not just this year, but like over the next four years. Right. I, I would, I would much rather have Bijan Robinson's upside over over Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So would I. So, and I, I think he could be available. The Giants pick twenty five. I've seen him go. I've seen him go as high as twelve. I can't imagine someone's going to be that ballsy. Mm. But I've seen a lot of him in that twenty four to twenty eight range. And if if he's there, I think that's a home run move. Buy Saquon, pack up. We got someone to taking over your locker. You'd be like Rocky, losing his lock. You gave up my locker? Yeah, you do it. <laughs> it's my locker. Yeah, come on, Scott. That's your. This is your your spot here. But yeah, I think Bijan Robinson is an easy replacement for Saquon Barkley. That
2: wasn't a bad Rocky. I don't
1: think you busted out the Rocky before. I, well, because I've
0: got
2: like. I the, mean, yeah, it's, it's humbling when you hear it. Yeah, hear, I got working Rocky. with a pro.
1: But you have to say,
0: you put my stuff on Skid Row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> How could you do this to me? Yeah. yeah, so I that's that's what I that's my move if I'm the Giants, and, and that's if you have to franchise Daniel Jones, which isn't ideal certainly because I don't want to pay Daniel Jones top five money for even one year. Yeah, I also don't want to commit to him for five years. Uh, spe- well, not I, I if you if that's the the two options, uh, yeah, you don't, and then you get ready to draft another quarterback next year or, or sign a free agent.
0: Boy, what a fun weekend of hockey it was! You guys like hockey? No, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> a, a crazy result. You didn't let McKinsey answer. <laughs> but, uh,
2: <laughs> I like it when I win. I was zero for one fo- uh, tailing you, my friend. So come on, man, give me some winners here.
0: I'm nine and two in my last eleven plays, and, I'm, I'm and I was on the com. one. Come on, get out of here. You were on the one loss, yeah, right yeah, really? I like, it. Must have been wow. Because yeah, I was zero for one. That's, I'll tell you that much. That's that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I gave out two plays yesterday that fell into a system right. that I've been tracking, and the two games were the Wild over the predators in regulation they were up they were up 3 to 1 in the third period they gave up the tying goal with less than a minute left in the game that was about to be a gut-wrenching defeat for wild to win in regulation but seconds later <laughs> the wild scored and won the game 4 to 3 and you know what i have to say about that puck don't lie yeah puck don't lie so the wild win, it continued the success of the trend, the system. Then it was the Senators to win in regulation, and all they did was just blow out the Blues 7-2. So it was a 2-0 day for the system, which updates this record, and I tweeted it out yeah, last night, 102-51. and 51. It's a pretty good system, right, McKenzie? If I told well, you that this system is hitting at – what is that, 67%? I'm intrigued. You're intrigued. Yeah, 67%. Come on. Now, I can give you tighteners on this trend line. One tightener goes from a 67% play to a 73% play. Are you intrigued? Yes, I am. How how uh, How is the system constructed? There's also another tightener we can do. All right, tighten it up, tighten it up. <laughs> the other tightener still brings this to about a 70-something percent. So right away, we're hitting at minimum 67%. We can tighten it to get to 70%, 73%. Like, this is a glorious system. And what it is, you're excused. Thank you. Is playing against a team on the road on the second of a back-to-back When they are an underdog. Oh, 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 is it like a minus
2: 300 or better? Because then I'm expecting 67%. Some of them are heavy lines.
0: But all of them are not. So if we just run the trend this season. Where you are just all all away teams. Okay. On a back-to-back. On a back-to-back. If you are away on the second game of a back-to-back. This season. You are... 114 and 150 on the second game of a back-to-back this season. That is losing. So if you take the favorites in those games, you are hitting at 57%. Okay? That's pretty good. Right? 57%. Wait, the, is that the favorite or the, the home team? The favorite. So, yeah, the home team. If you take okay. the home team. Uh, if you, Any home team. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the favorite or the under, you're up. Excuse me. Let's clean that up a little bit. So, first scenario, which is the basic premise of this system, any road team on the second night of a a back-to-back, those road teams are 114 and 150. So the home teams are winning 57% of the time because the the road teams are only winning 43% of the time, right? That's good math, 57 and 43, right? Good math. Good math. So now we tighten this a little bit. And what if you are an underdog in those games that you're on the road on the second of a back-to-back? Well, then, my friends, you are 51-102. and Wow. 33.3%, which means that the favorites, the home favorites, are winning at 67%. Now, Scott. Does this apply to every underdog? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yes, that basic line applies to every underdog. But some underdogs and not un- not all dogs are created equal. Some we love more. Yeah. All dogs go to heaven. Yeah. But they're not all created equal. Right. So what if we make the favorites, uh, excuse me, the underdogs plus 150 or higher? Mm. Is that fair? You're a pretty substantial dog in that aspect, right? So If you are playing on the road, on the second of a back-to-back, and you are an underdog of plus 150 or higher, which in the case of the Predators yesterday at plus 160, they were. The Blues yesterday at plus 160, they were. This season you are 23-64, and winning at only 26%, meaning that the home favorites in those games – are hitting at 74%? Is that correct, Matt? Yes, it is. What? (laughs) Have you solved the puzzle? I think we just solved the puzzle, people. (laughs) And there is one game here on Monday that qualifies for this system. And as you can probably guess, it is the Boston Bruins at home against the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa is coming off the 7-2 route of the St. Louis Blues yesterday. They will be playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Boston on the second of a back-to-back today. So quite the turnaround to travel from Ottawa mid-afternoon, early evening, then you go to Boston for the night. Now you're playing an earlier game than you normally would because it's a day game, obviously, because it's President's Day. And you know how those uh, people from Ottawa celebrate the United States <laughs> President's Day. I've noticed. That's a joke. There is no President's Hooligans. Day in Canada. There is no President's Day in Canada, just so you know, because it's an American holiday. Prime Minister Day. Yeah, they, they don't they don't celebrate <laughs> President's Day in Canada.
1: So God save the Queen. Yes. Yes, there you go. So...
0: We have to get creative though, because I'm not just—I'd be—I'd be an asshole if I just said, "Hey guys, I got a system play for you today. Bruins minus 300, bling bling or ching ching." No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's, no, so we got to get creative. So how do we play the the Bruins in this game? Well, we can certainly look at the puck line, and we can see that the Bruins right now are minus 130, laying a goal and a half. All right, it's pretty good. You look at the history of some of these results that we've seen, and there's not many one-goal games. There's a few one-goal games, but there's not many. So, yeah, it's likely that the Bruins are probably going to cover the puck line. Or we look at the Bruins to win in regulation. That's minus 200. That's a pretty hefty line. Don't, you know, I'm okay laying it. For me, I'm going to chase the puck line, though, at minus a goal and a half, at minus 130, You have to keep an eye on the goaltending situation because Sogard played yesterday for Ottawa. He's probably not going to play the second of a back-to-back, especially with it being a day game. You know, Forsberg's out for the year with the injury, so it it, it might be Kevin Mandelis playing in his second game this season. Uh, You know, the the 22-year-old getting the call-up from the AHL, so... This to me, it's Bruins minus a goal and a half. I, I think this is a big, strong play for me here uh, on this system coming up. Now, if you just want to look at take away the 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 one fifty, right, and you just want to say that you're an underdog on the road, well, there's a second game that applies for this system, and that is going to be the Winnipeg Jets at the New York Rangers. So the Rangers uh, just had their winning streak snapped which was kind of expected. And by the way, that was a system play when the Rangers had their winning streak snapped. Seven-game winning streak snapped when the Rangers lost to the Flames in Calgary on Saturday night. It was the second game of a back-to-back for the Rangers, and the Rangers were a dog in Calgary. So it did qualify as a system play. The Rangers will look to bounce back from that loss later on tonight when they host the Winnipeg Jets, who yesterday lost to the Devils 4-2. to So you have Winnipeg coming in on the second of a back-to-back, and they are an underdog to the Rangers. But this line, not greater than plus 150, although it could be. I'm seeing plus 145 on the Winnipeg Jets. This already is a basic system play. It could steam its way into a higher system play. And with Hellebuck playing yesterday, doubt he plays the second of a back-to-back, Probably gonna get David Riddick in neck in net Riddick in neck net for the uh, Jets against Igor Shisterkin. The one thing that might give me some pause with the Rangers is that it is the first game home after a road trip, which is usually a fade spot for a lot of teams. So the Rangers are coming back from the uh, northern northwest Canadian trip, first game back. Maybe this is a uh, a, a fade spot, but. We'll see. Uh, Rangers got Tyler Mott in a trade uh, yesterday for the second straight season.
2: <laughs> Is there a deadline?
0: Uh, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. coming up. Yep. So the Rangers did bolster their, their lines here, getting Tyler Mott from the Senators, uh, in exchange for Julian Gauthier and a seventh round pick. And um Mott played really well last season for the Rangers when he was uh traded when he was traded from Vancouver to the Rangers and he signed the deal with the Senators in free agency. Now the Rangers brought him back. So um Maybe that gives them a little bit of a boost in this game, so that would be a second system play. So I should put my
2: money on who tomorrow? The Bruins. There you go. Wait, no, no, one one person, one person, because I got to go one and zero tomorrow.
0: Bruins, a goal minus a goal and a half. There you go. But it's an early start time. Wake up early. 10 a.m. You can't sleep for in us here in Vegas.
2: I'm not even. I'm not even sleeping. I'm right. waking up in excitement.
0: All right. Uh, Else we're on the schedule. Another day game. One o'clock Eastern Time. Ducks at Panthers. That's a 10 a.m. body clock game for the duckies. The Panthers. This is another system play, guys. Panthers. Different system. Panthers are minus 430. Remember the trend. Minus 400 favorites are now 11 and one straight up on the season. They've won 11 straight games. All 11. Straight wins have covered the minus-a-goal-and-a-half puck line. Uh, the Leafs snapped the 10-game first-period winning streak. So maybe the first-period streak starts again, or you can just ride the 11-game minus-a-goal-and-a-half streak and play the Panthers minus-a-goal-and-a-half. Uh, the Flames are hosting the Flyers, Calgary minus 250, Kraken at the Sharks, Seattle minus 145, Islanders at the Penguins, Pittsburgh minus one. 35 congratulations to uh ricky stenhouse jr for winning the daytona 500 nascar's uh super bowl that they kicked their season off with i watched the
1: ending of the race how can it be NASCAR super bowl if they imagine first game of the year is the super bowl that's the what they do it's different it's that's a dumbest what they thing. do
0: uh it's his first um it's the longest daytona 500 in history because the Maybe new rules. It was rules, longer than 500 miles? Yeah, it won 212 laps. Oh, my it, God. It, because <laughs> <I'm confused>. because <laughs> the new rules now is like they don't they don't end on a caution, so they actually do overtime. But then it just kept having more crashes. At the end, I pretty much just thought this was going to be last man standing. <laughs> and whoever was the last car on the track was just it to turn into the demolition derby. Honestly,
1: that's what NASCAR should be every every time. I'm for that.
0: Do you remember the old demolition derbies? Yeah. Where they were in just like a giant, um, like a dirt track, and you would just, like, crash into each other, and the last car that was able to
1: move was the winner? I'd love that. Those were fun. I used to, wa- I used to watch those a lot. What was that video game called? Twisted Metal? Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal was a demo. That was, derby. Yeah, yeah, that was a good game. Yeah. Man. That was a good game. You could be the clown the ice cream truck. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was the best character. Yeah. Yeah. That, was most awesome. that, was a, that was a great great game.
0: That is awesome. Uh, you know what else is awesome? All the discounts we have at pregame.com. Gave you a promo code last week. We'll give it to you again in case you didn't use it. 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Use the promo code scott Twenty. SCOTT20. Uh, whether you want an NBA play from McKenzie Thursday, he's going to have a big one because he's been circling it all All Star weekend. Uh, we got the NHL going, XFL. AJ's got college basketball. So lots to be on top of at pregame.com. Take 20% off using the promo code scott 20 For McKenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Enjoy your President's Day. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, Amen. Yeah.